What's up, dudes and dudettes? We have yet another big time guest here with us today. Uh, recently took a new job, new opportunity, and it looks to be a great one. Spent the last 14, 14 years, I believe, or 15, 14 or 15 last years as the head coach of Rio Grande. But now he is the head coach of the Oakland University Mighty Oaks, the hardest of hardwoods that there ever is. They're here to bop you over the head with an oak uh, club. Head coach, Ken French. How you doing, man? Appreciate it, Tony. Thanks for having us on. You know, it's a very, very exciting time. You know, I was at Rio for 20 years and 14 as a head coach and, you know, pretty much took last year off. I uh, was in transition and, and uh, if there was ever a year to take off, last year was probably it, you know, talking to everybody and, and, and everything, but uh, just really excited, you know, all of us, family and, and, and everybody in the the uh, staff we've put together and everything to uh, be here at Oakland City and, you know, try to get things, uh, you know, running and started here for the for the new year. Now, Oakland City is not in California. It's not up in Oakland, Michigan. It is actually down in the southwest corner, and that's probably putting it politely of Indiana. I believe you're all the way over in the central time zone over there, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, so over there close to, uh, so if you're Indiana, you're in the southwest corner, you're pretty close to Kentucky and Illinois both. Yeah, they call it, you know, I'm from the tri-state. When when, it, when I hear tri-state, you know, I'm thinking Huntington, Ashland, Ironton area. Um, and this is the tri-state area here. And, it, and it's, you know, Indiana, Illinois, and Kentucky. And, you know, we're 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes just north, just up the road from Evansville. So it's a good location. Uh, campus is kind of isolated and everything, but, you know, Evansville is the third largest city in, in Indiana. And, you know, they've got just about anything and everything you could, you could want. And, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a good little city and, and a good place to go in and hang out for a couple hours and then head back to campus. You know what? They think they call it God's country and no better appropriate place than a Baptist school like Oakland City, right? Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got done saying though, you kind of alluded to where we're going to start with this coach, and it's about your journey of how you ended up in from Huntington area, West Virginia, Wayne County to be more specific, and then how you ended up in Oakland City, Indiana. Every coach has a journey. Uh, you said the tri state area, and you said that is down the corner where uh, the Huntington, West Virginia area is. Uh, and then you have uh, Ashland, Kentucky, across one, one for place of the Ohio River, then the other place of the Ohio River, you're over in Ironton, Ohio. So you are a West Virginia kid. Um, I always kind of pick on people, and that's kind of like the thing in West Virginia. If you're from Huntington, you're, you're half. And the you and the Eastern Panhandle get buzzed, uh, and Northern Panhandle get put in the half West Virginia. But I think your journey makes you pretty West Virginia. <laughs> so, uh, where'd you go to high school at? And uh, I saw you went to like military school, and then before you went to uh, West Virginia State. Yeah, I um, you know I graduated uh, from Buffalo Wayne High School, and uh, of course, obviously, it doesn't exist anymore. One of the one of the many schools in West Virginia, you know, that, that doesn't exist because of consolidation and now it's part of Spring Valley with, you know, Sarita Canova, where I was an assistant coach uh, for two years. And then, you know, they consolidated with Vincent, CK and Buffalo to form Spring Valley. But, you know, left there, went to, uh, did a post-grad year at Fishburne Military School in Greensboro, Virginia. Uh, loved it, great experience. Um, you know, still got to play football, basketball, and baseball there um and, and uh then moved on and 
you know, I was at Bluefield College for a couple of years, you know, playing baseball. And that's where I started my uh, basketball coaching career as a student assistant, you know, at Bluefield and uh, then moved on from there and went to Marshall for a couple of years, finished up at West Virginia State, um, you know, and while I was at Marshall and West Virginia State finishing up, I was already starting my coaching career. Uh, I was Ed Fry's assistant at Huntington St. Joe. Uh, okay. So I worked with uh, Ed Fry at Huntington St. Joe was his uh, assistant coach. And then, uh, you know, from there, moved on to uh, Sri Canova High School for two years. And then I got into college coaching um, at Tusculum College in Tennessee, in eastern Tennessee, in Greenville. And I uh, was there for three years as the assistant basketball coach and compliance officer. And then from there, I went to uh, – uh, came back uh, to the area in the tri-state area there, so to speak, at, at, at Rio Grande. I was there for 20 years and, you know, six as the assistant, 14 as the head coach. And and now I'm at uh, Oakland City and excited about the move. You know, it, it fits. Uh, it's a better fit for my family. It's a faith-based institution and I run a faith-based program and, and uh, you know, we're just excited. It's It's been great uh, since day one. Been a lot of work. Uh, it's been a lot of work getting it off the ground, but uh, that's kind of been my journey. But, uh, you know, Tony, to, to be honest, you know, the journey, you know, covering my journey doesn't, it doesn't do it justice just to name those schools. Um, you know, I cut my teeth on summer camps. That's where, you know, and that's the thing with young coaches, they don't get that opportunity anymore. Um, but summer camps are where I cut my teeth. And, you know, I used to work 11 straight weeks of summer basketball camps and, that's how I made my money. You know, that's how I, you know, that, that's how I made my, uh, my network, grew my network and got my connections. You know, the number of people that I'm still close to uh, that, that uh, originated from working camps, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, and, and when you jump from an assistant high school coach to an assistant college coach, you know, that screams you have to know somebody because that's not a normal situation uh, for, for you there. So like you said, uh, you're saying the summer camps, uh, you know, really it's because there's a lot of coaches, they all have it, you know, well, not all, but you know what I mean? Like there's some coaches that have the skills to coach at a very high level, but they never get that opportunity. So what you're saying is you got most of your opportunities by just like any player does, you put in the time, you put in the effort, you put in the work. And then like your version of working on your craft is working on your networking. You knew you had the coaching mindset, like on these other coaches, but you wanted more coaches to see that beautiful big brain of yours coach. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way it is that people, you know, they got to see my character. They got to see my work ethic, you know, firsthand. And, and, you know, as a young coach, that's what you want to do. You got to showcase yourself and what you do and, and, uh, you know, I'm a blue collar guy. I'm not somebody, you know, I don't promote myself. I'm not a self-promoting coach. It's always been about my program. It's about, you know, my assistant coaches and my players and that kind of thing. Um, you know, so it, it, it's always been for me. It's just, I've got this saying, it came from my high school coach, um, Jody Burgess, who I played for at Buffalo. Um, and it's, if you're good to the game, the game will be good to you. And, um, I've always felt that way. And I feel like, you know, I, I've given to this game and, you know, it's my opportunity to give back, so to speak. And, you know, the old Don Lipscomb coach, Don Meyer, uh, legendary coach, you know, he used to talk about, you know, you, you, you always want to find your gift and then you want to perfect it and then you want to give it away. Well, you know, w without stating, you know, where I'm at in the state, I'm at that give it away stage, you know, like, 
I want to give that away and that kind of thing. But um, that's kind of where we're at with it. And it's just one of those things. There, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people still refer to me as a young coach, but, you know, I, I'm an old coach. I'm, I have an old soul. I've got an old coaching soul, so to speak. And, and, and uh, you know, I'm proud of that. Does that mean that you have a good whistle? I don't use a whistle at all. You, know, you don't, so. you seem like you got a good projection of voice. It would just literally be unnecessary at this point. Guys can hear me. Let's put it that way. Favorite before we move on little uh, favorite punishment run. What are you? Are you a, are you a sprint guy? Are you a uh, get on the line guy? Are you a, are you a suicide guy? What, what are we doing? You know, um, back in our, it's always been suicides, you know, to, to be quite honest, it's a, it's suicides, get on a run, you know, if you do, coach loses it or whatever, you know, and, that, and I think that comes from high school. I mentioned Coach Burtis, you know, that was kind of like our punishment too. We all, suicide, you know, get on the line. So I'm a suicide guy, I guess. So, you know, I, I'd have to say. <laughs> so you're talking about your summer camps. You've done some pretty cool camps and you've got to, you, and what you do at the, you know, it seems like a lot of the NAIA schools and you've been at the NAI level, uh, for some time now, um, with your time at Rio and now here at Oak city, um, you've like NAI, you can take your whole team and be like a demo. So explain to everybody like how that works and like some of the opportunities, some of your teams have had over the years, this has got to be a re good recruiting point for you. Like, Hey, if you come here, you're going to get exposed to some really cool coaching situations. It, it is. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, positives to, to work in the clinics. It used to be the Nike championship clinics and Ed Janka ran them. Um, in the 14 years I was head coach, we were always associated with the Nike championship clinics. And then, you know, Nike kind of went away from it when Ed Janka retired. Um, you know, he retired in, I think, 20, 2018. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be a speaker at the, at the clinics, plus, you know, have my team work as a, as a demonstration team. So, at that time when they were Nike, any, any college coach that was a Nike coach, we've worked with just about every one of them. If you pull up a championship productions DVD, um, about 70% of the time, 65, 70% of the time, it's my team that's on the DVD. Um, you know, we're proud of that. Um, they always gave us compliments that we were the best demonstration team that they had, but it's the, the experience that our guys get you know, they've worked with Bob Knight. I've had Bob Knight spend 10 or 15 minutes talking to my team exclusively just with them when we work, work the clinic. And, you know, those, those memories and those experience, that's what playing college basketball is all about, you know, is, is uh, having those experiences and things that you'll remember for the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, it's a who's who of who we, we have had the opportunity to work with. Um, now it's changed a little bit because it's championship productions. So now instead of just getting Nike coaches, they're able to get coaches across the college basketball platform. Doesn't matter if they're Under Armour, Adidas, Nike, um, and Tom McDonald runs them now. And Tom's done a tremendous job. And, uh, you know, it, it's just carried that on. And, you know, championship clinics are, uh, it's another one of those things, kind of old school, um, but they've been there. And, and there's a lot of coaches that, you know, go to the clinics or watch the championship production DVDs and, you know, you can learn a lot. And, and again, for me, I feel like it's a way for my program to give back to the game is working these clinics and uh, being a part of it and just the experience. And, and, and Tony, the other thing I'll share is a lot of times these coaches are teaching the same thing that we teach in our program. 
it just may be ter different terminology. So when that occurs, you know, usually our players are like, oh, hey, we do that too. We just call it this, you know, so they know what it is and it kind of reinforces what we're doing. Right. You're doing what the big guys are doing. And, you know, and then, and then it kind of lets them know like, hey, coach, coach just ain't some West Virginia bumpkin out here. You know, he, he knows a thing or five, you know, he, he's, he's got her back. So your first year, you took a year off. So the landscape's changed. <laughs> we have this little thing called a pandemic going around uh, the last year or so. So um, how has recruiting been? And you inherited a team that was um, – you you inherited a team that was uh, – had a rough year last year, five wins. But, you know, you got uh, some, you know, some really cool, exciting stuff um you know happening this year what's it like been starting over from scratch getting a new team taking over a program that's got nowhere but to go but up you know it, it uh, it's really been an unbelievable four months uh, since I got hired and some of the things we were able to accomplish um yeah we had lofty goals don't don't get me wrong but um well expected right I mean if you don't I mean what are you doing <laughs> exactly and, and uh you know, when I got hired, one of the things they wanted to do, they've never had a JV program here. And I've got experience, you know, having a program. Uh, oh, yeah. Rather large and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, they asked, you know, even in the interview process, you know, how many kids do you think you can get? Because they wanted 15 guys on varsity, bring in 10 more for JV, have 25 total. Well, Ryo, I, most of the time I had 40 plus guys. So, you know, I'm like 25 guys, like that's it, 25 total. And they were like, yeah. And they were like, how many do you think you can get by the time school starts? I said, well, 25. And, you know, long story short, um, you know, is, is start counting student assistants and a graduate assistant. We've got 41 guys in our program. And, you know, the first thing that I did, you know, was hire uh, Jace Thompson. He's got former, you know, head coaching experience in the league at NAI level. He was an, uh, an assistant coach with me. He's from Indiana. He's from Indianapolis. So he and I, you know, we just went to work. And next thing you know, it just blew up. And and uh, now we've added, we've got Coach Thompson as a full-time assistant. We added Ryan Wise, another West Virginia guy. Uh, Ryan Wise is a full-time assistant. He was an assistant at West Virginia Tech and Mercer uh, Division One, And then yeah. he's been at St. Vincent. Uh, Division three the last couple of years and and Ryan and I know each other from his time at West Virginia Tech and obviously you had a guest a couple of weeks ago and a mutual you know best friend of mine Bob Williams so there's a great guy there's a connection there and then uh, I hired um, we've got a graduate assistant uh, Tommy Collins who's a former player in the league played at West Virginia Tech uh, a really good player uh, who knows me respects me and and wanted to be a graduate assistant so we've got two full-time guys, a graduate assistant, and then two student assistants. Um, we've got uh, we've got a student assistant from Arizona in Jackson Tillapaw and a student assistant from uh, South Carolina in uh, in uh, Zyrate Bradford. So, you know, we've recruited all over the place, not just Indiana. Um, but for us, you know, for me, it was two and a half months of living in a two-bedroom suite dorm room on campus. All the good days. Oh, yeah. And uh, just getting after it and recruiting and and what Coach Thompson at the time, you know, Coach Thompson and I pretty much did all the recruiting because we were the only two on staff. You know what we were able to do and not only the quality of players and the, the quality, the character of the guys that we brought in, 
but the, the, the sheer numbers of only, only having a short amount of time to bring all these guys in, um, I think it's unheard of. You know, we, we recruited 30, um, 33 guys, if you count the coaches and all that kind of stuff. You know, well, actually 34. We recruited 34 guys in three months. So it's been it's like it's like Coach Haskins down at Texas Southern, man. <laughs> Living in the dorm room. Did you have like the gator head like stuffed on the wall that you inherited? I didn't have a gator head. I didn't have much at all. I had just a smart <laughs> TV and hooked my computer up and uh you were like an you were like the old college days. Did you have like a cabinet full of ramen, you know, so you could sit there and just throw it in your microwave and that's exactly right. A little and, and different. You, so you probably wiped out the microwave, though, at the age and what you did in college. You know, college, we just let that thing go. Or did you just say, ain't got time. We got calls to make. We got recruits. There was no microwave. We had, I had a little micro fridge. That's about it. And the rest of <laughs> eating out and just getting stuff done. And, and, you know, Tony, a funny story about that is, you know, I'm, I'm so tied to people in, in the Eastern time zone. You know, um, when I would get up in the morning, you know, let's say it's 7 o'clock in the morning here. Well, it's eight o'clock in Eastern time zone. I'm already starting to get texts, phone calls, that kind of stuff. And then the flip side of that was, you know, I'm looking at the clock. It's 10 o'clock at night and I'm getting ready to call a recruit or call a coach or whatever. Well, it's actually 11 o'clock in Eastern time zone. So, you know, I've also, we've also had to learn how to, you know, play around the time changes and that kind of thing. So it, it's been, uh, it's been unique. Let's say that. Absolutely. I know there's one thing I want to talk to you real quick about um, of the of Rio, and that is is Bevo the story of Bevo Francis. Uh, Bevo, for everybody that doesn't know, uh, until I think someone at Taylor University was that Taylor a, a D three uh, school uh, broke the all time scoring record in a game, but Bevo Francis out of Rio Grande held it was the first one to score over 100 points in a game. And you guys had the Bevo Classic uh, there. And um, did you ever get to meet Bevo Francis in your time there? And what was Bevo Francis like? Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, he and his wife, Jean, uh, you know, Bevo has since passed, but he and his wife, Jean, we got to know him really well. Um, you know, my wife is, is, is close friends with Jean as well. And, and uh, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal family. Those, those two um you know, we, we had a lot of good times with them. Bevo was was a, a very, very humble, um, you know, man. And, and, you know, he still lived in the same house that he bought with his Globetrotter money and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, just the, the, the stories of that team, not just Bevo, that entire team, um, just unheard of. And, and, you know, they had to be a team for him to accomplish the the things that he did score, you know, college basketball is all time leading score. He only played two years and, you know, he scored over 3000 points and, and, you know, it wasn't just the, the 116 and 113 points in one game. It was, you know, it, it was just how they carried themselves and then what they went on, you know, to do after, you know, they left Rio, a lot of them were educators and teachers and that kind of thing. So um, just, just, just a great experience. And, and, uh, you know, a part of uh, a part of our experience at Rio and, uh, and a part of our life that we'll cherish forever. You know, and actually, like, you know, I just now kind of as they're sitting there talking about this, it's kind of a cool story to share with your players. Like, listen, you're here at Oakland City, but look what this guy did at what was a college that was about to go out of business. And, you know, they put they bought in the whole team bought into it. They bought into the coach's vision, including Bevo bought into it. And next thing you know, they're playing 
you know, the Wake Forest. They're playing up at Madison Square Garden against Manhattan, which at that time was like a powerhouse. But like it's it goes to show your players like you don't have to be in the USC's, the Dukes, Kentucky's to make a name for yourself, to make your own story. So is that like uh, something that you've kind of ever passed on? It's like, you know, you don't have to be big to, you don't have to be a big timer to make a big time impact. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's all about, it's all about relationships. It's all about, you know, how you interact with your teammates, your coaches and people in your community. And, and uh, you know, that team exemplified that um, from the standpoint of what they were able to accomplish and overcome, you know, maybe they didn't have the best relationship with their administration on campus, especially that, <laughs> that the background year. there, everybody, it, it was not a good relationship at all. <laughs> you know, not playing any home games and they were just making money for the, the school to stay open and that kind of thing. But, you know, it, it the big times where you're at, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I'm going to have the same philosophy here at Oakland City that had a Rio Grande, like from the standpoint of you know, big times where you're at, I'm going to treat my guys like D1 guys. And, you know, we're going to do everything we can, whether it's doing the clinics or whatever it is to get them the best gear and as much gear as we can and, you know, let them have that swag and, and show, I want them to be proud. You know, that's right. Swoosh like, and, and uh, you know, I want them to be uh, proud of uh, being a basketball player at Oakland City and the program and the product that we put out and the character of guys we have. And, and, and uh, you know, that's one thing that you can take away from those guys. And, and, you know, the college game has changed so much. And you think about, you know, what they did back in the early 50s, you know, breaking the scoring titles and doing all that kind of thing. But, you know, now it, to do anything like that would be unheard of just because of social media and, you know, the, the, the way, you know, everything is, is publicized uh, this day and age and, and, and everything. But, you know, you can make a name for yourself wherever you're at. And, it, and it's, it's the impact that you have on others and how you make them feel and that kind of thing. I tell you what, man, the gear at Oklahoma, Oakland City is uh, next level. That dark blue and Columbia powder blue there. I mean, I'm sorry, not Columbia. That is that is Oak City blue. Yeah, that 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 we're re, we're rebranding the color right now. Uh, so yeah, like you know, it's it's. Can we agree though that everyone thinks there's a massive drop off from D1 to NAIA? I've always said it's the difference between about six inches and your four and five guys, but the guard play is pretty much. You got a lot of D1 talent, uh, I'm sure, right there, but. NAIA and like NCAA two and three, uh, they seem to get what they call the tweeners, you know, like the very skilled six, four, six, five, six, six, four, five guys, but they have just as good as four, if not better footwork than some D one guys. They just sometimes don't necessarily have those extra 25 pounds and four inches. Is that about correct? And assuming that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, we're fortunate enough. I've got a, I've got a win against a division one team. We beat Campbell um, back in 2012 and, and uh, you know, to be quite honest, um, you know, best player on the floor was DD uh, Joyner, a guard for us. And he had 26 that night, nobody could guard him. And uh, you know, we've had a couple other opportunities where we were close in some division one games and that kind of thing. But NAI is loaded. We call them bounce backs. They're loaded with bounce back guys or tweeners like what you're talking about. And, you know, one of the biggest differences, um, you know, if you watch it, an NCAA, not all of them, I don't, I don't want to paint them with all the same brush, but, you know, it's a lot of high ball screen, just go play. 
and um, they use their athleticism. The athleticism is better at the Division One level without question, but they're bigger, faster, stronger. But skill-wise, sometimes at the lower levels, you know, you you look at an NAI D two or D three game, and even JUCO, you know, and stuff. Sometimes there's four or five shooters on the floor. Sometimes in a D one game, you can combine the two teams. There's not four shooters. You know, shooters. I mean, legitimate knockdown. If the guy's open, he's going to knock the shot down. Shooters. You know, there's a lot of times in NAI, all five guys can shoot to three, and you know, you really have to to defend from the outside in sometimes. You know, you you notice this watching games sometimes. Division one, there's guys that you don't even have to guard on the perimeter. You know, and and uh, you know, it, it's just a different game, totally different game. Um, and, and you know, if you watch the lower levels, and, and I don't want to call them lower levels, but people that's how they refer to them. But if you watch them, you know, style of play is a little bit different because they'll run an offense where the ball gets reversed two or three times and they don't play single sided. The ball doesn't go to one side ball screen go, you know, the ball will get reversed. There's more screens, there's more action, ball reversals and that kind of thing. They do a better job attacking closeouts at times. And that's, it's just different. It's just like the NBA games different than the international game. You know, division one game is a little bit different than small college basketball. Yeah. Um, so people at Oakland city this year, the Ken French, he's the new co- he's the new guy in town. What style of play? What's your identity on? Uh, are you going to run? Are you going to run run teams out of the court? Or are you going to run an open offense? Are you going to spread things out? A lot of ball movement, a lot of screens. Are you going to do a zone? Are you going to do a press? So what what are we doing, Coach? What what's the what's your identity going to be at Oakland City? Well, you know, first and foremost, I don't know if I can answer that question. You know, because it's what is it September second. To be honest, I don't know if I can answer that question. Oh, the the old classic deferral. I don't want to give any notes out because I don't know my team yet. It's only been a week line. Okay, I got it. We're working on tying our shoes now. We're working on the loops. Oh, geez. Is your name Greg Zimmerman? By chance? I mean, this this is identical to conversations I've had with the AB great. And it sounds like Jeff Williamson out of out of Garden City right now. We're all connected. You know, my team, we're going to defend. That's first and foremost. We are going to be a defensive-minded team, you know, to start off. We've got some athletes in here that we feel like uh, can defend whatever system we put in. Um, and, and, you know, we're growing every day. We're building relationships. Um, we're trying to figure out where we're going to be. There's a lot of teaching going on, a lot of teaching going on. Um, because we're behind everybody else. We didn't have the summer with these guys, you know, like everybody else, most NAIs, you know, get to play some during the summer and that kind of thing. We didn't have the opportunity to do that. But, you know, you know, to answer your question in a, in a general way, if somebody comes to watch us play, they're going to see a team of high character. They're going to see a team of high energy. We're going to communicate as well. We're better than, than anybody in our league just because of how we emphasize that. Um, and we're, we're going to have fun playing the game and, and, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to do things the right way. And, and it's just a process, you know, we're building a culture and, uh, everybody can put up slogans and stuff on the wall. Like we got and all that kind of stuff that that's not your culture. Your culture is, is, uh, you know, how you interact with people and, and how you do things every day. And we're in the infancy stages of doing that right now. So, you know, we're excited. We're building something. Um, but we've got some guys here that we feel like are very, very capable of, uh, uh, you know, showcasing what we're going to be about. And we're excited about that. 
Coach French officially says slogans are for sissies. You heard it here first. So. <laughs> Well, coach, you know, uh, you know, you got a JV team. I mean, it's a shame that you filled it out because, you know, I, I can take a charge. I can do a little of this, a little busted jump shot, but it's, it's kind of wet though. It, I can make it rain when I get hot, you know, free throw shooter. I got five to give when I guard, I always come straight down with both. I could have been a great asset for you on the, on the floor. No, no open light, no free layups. No free hey, layups. I got five to give and I don't like to take them with me. <laughs> All right, Coach. Well, hey, best of luck this year. You got a great uh, – the River Conference, uh, River States Conference, uh, and um, it, it's going to be a nice, action-packed, uh, fun league, and your team's going to get to travel and get to see, you know, some pretty new places for them. And uh, that's the great thing about uh, NAIA ball. You get to go to some really cool, interesting towns that you never would have thought in a million years you'd end up in. And I've always thought they've had a lot to offer and I'm sure no more than Oakland city. We wish you the best of luck. Hopefully we catch up with you once season gets going here to get a little, uh, mid season recap. And we're talking about how Oak city's number one in the nation averaging 130 points a game and only giving up 50. Fifty part I'll take the other part I don't I'm not so sure about right now. What lofty? Are we, we are we getting lofty here? I mean, geez, I thought we were aggressive, coach. Come on. I like it. I like the optimism there. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, new head coach at Oklahoma, Oakland. Why do I keep saying that? New head coach at Oakland City. Way cooler than any podunk town in Oklahoma. Oakland City, Indiana. Oaks, the mighty Oaks head coach Ken French. Thank you, coach. Thank you. Thank you. Tony. All right, we'll catch him later.